It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. It's your week, your sports, John Glass, back at it in the stew with Mr. Christian Brown, Mr. Jeff Matthews. Oh, so closer, another week until football. Yes, boys, how are we doing? Doing we're, well. We're in the his house. Right. <laughs> we are getting close, dudes. We are getting very close to football. Um, I believe week zero is the week of the 31st. So we are less than a month away until college football. Man. High school football is two weeks away. Yep. Uh, and the Hall of Fame game is tomorrow. That is insane to even think about. How is that even possible that it's already here? It felt like... We've been waiting like 10 years just to get back to football <laughs> season. I've been dying to get back here. Oh, yeah. I think we're all pretty much excited. I know John's very excited to get into fantasy football as Damn well as yeah. a lot of the other people around here in the office. It's going to be a fun time. I'm super pumped up for uh, the NFL and for college football especially to get started back up. Austin P going to be doing some big things, I think, this year. A lot of cool, a lot of cool guys coming in to Austin P. I'm excited to see who what all the freshmen are going to look like and how Scotty Walden's going to be treating the team this year, especially after he signed that contract extension, pushing him until 2025. And then also Austin P. Trying to make that move into the FBS world. I mean, so many cool things with Austin P. Football going on right now. How can you not be excited for football season? Oh yeah, dude. We get our first action tomorrow. We get to see Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform. Well, on the sideline. Uh, is that the Hall of Fame game? Hall Jets of Fame versus game tomorrow. Yeah. Jets versus Browns. First preseason game uh, is the Hall of Browns Fame. Browns are actually a favorite. Minus one thirty-five. Jets plus one fifteen. The over/under is thirty-one uh, and a half. Maybe we make a pick at the end of the show. Um. It is going to be fun. You're probably not going to see Aaron Rodgers touch a blade of grass on I your, don't know. He might take a first drive. I do not think that they will give him a first drive whatsoever. Uh, so. If you, As much as you paid for him, I don't think you're going to. I mean, it still is a showcase game. I think that he might show up a couple. Yeah. One, or, well, even one drive, drive or none. Yeah, One drive that, yeah. or none. Um, Especially first game of the preseason. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a little different. Uh, but anyway, we got football tomorrow. We got football in the coming weeks. Uh yeah, sports are almost back, and we are going to dive right in with high school, Christian Northwest. They got that game coming up on the 18th that uh, Jeff is going to be covering, actually, for ESPN Clarksville. Uh, give us a little breakdown. Yeah, so, you What's know, I, that? I visited with the Northwest uh, football team, uh, Ronaldo Pena, head coach for the Vikings. You know, the first takeaway I had, they were kind of doing some offensive and defense as a uh, drills when when I showed up their defensive and offensive lines are massive I'm talking they looked like they were college players of some kind like whether it be like d2 d3 they have some serious size to them and at the high school level especially it's going to pay dividends so uh it's gonna be exciting to see how that plays out uh I think they Definitely could make some noise this year, too. They're feeding those boys something different out on Lafayette Road. If When you go to one of their games, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Christian was right. I'll <laughs> make <laughs> my dad happy. He was a uh, Northwest Viking. Oh, was he? Yes. Okay, okay. So I think they'll make some noise. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, too, Pena mentioned that they're the heart and soul and the foundation of this group. And physicality will play to their advantage big time this season. Uh, you know, and their expectations for this year is really one thing and one thing only. They want to be better from last year. Uh, the last week of the season, they had a chance to clinch a playoff berth, 
and they they fell short. Attainable sadly. goals. Yeah, yeah. Attainable they, goals. Exactly. So, you know, they're definitely on the playoff hunt this season. Uh, it's a brand new year. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see how it plays out for them. Yeah, they're trying to play some football in late November. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeff. So, you know, that's going to be our first ESPN Clarksville game of the week. Um, are you excited? I am getting into so that. It's going to be your first up. your first high school game uh, for ESPN. I don't know if you've done high school games in the past, but yes, I have. I've called in the Montgomery County area for a couple of games in the past, uh, but this is my first time with Five Star Media. This is going to be such a cool season. So we have all ten weeks lined up, and we are going to be out at each at one point each public Montgomery County school. And know for a fact we have every school. Uh, on that schedule at least one time. So I'm super pumped up for it, and I know we're working on a few more details about what that's going to look like. Um, But, man, I haven't called football in two years, and I am so excited to be back underneath those Friday Night Lights. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, We are going to have some sort of pregame coverage for you, uh, Jeff and I. Uh, in some form, uh, form or fashion. Yeah, we're working on trying to figure out if John's going to be out on the field with us, with me, I should say, or if he's going to be back in the studio. It's kind of a weird situation we're trying to figure out. But once we get it figured out, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be awesome. I know, but he and I both are just pumped for this. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be doing interviews with coaches, yep. uh, trying to get them here in the studio. Maybe we'll double up for uh, this podcast and for the pregame show. Uh, for ESPN Clarksville. Yeah. Uh, but it is going to be a fun season. Like I said, we got all 10 games lined up in the uh, district area uh, for Clarksville, Montgomery County. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, Prep Sports is back. And if you think college sports nuts are one thing, there are some prep sports fiends out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just turn on any local radio station at like 10.30 p.m. on a Friday night, <laughs> and you'll hear, hear the wrap-up pretty crazy all right yes and moving on over into the austin p realm uh the governors have created their own ring of honor you know kind of like uh the dallas cowboys have their own ring of honor the titans have their own balls uh the best players uh and this is a list that i definitely wouldn't have wanted to make this would probably be one of the hardest ones yeah too, especially starting it like you have to i feel like if you're going to start a ring of honor you got to come out Bang. with the best of the best, right? Yeah. You got to come out with the best of the best. And uh, we were talking earlier, like who, who who came up with the list? Because you know, it's, it's not everyone's going to be happy. No. So and but, this is just the beginning, though. This is you just know, the beginning. But this is, and that's a true statement. It this is, is the beginning. a great list, though. It is. So I'm going to start naming off the ones that are on the list currently and that will be added to the Ring of Honor throughout this season. Um, we all, I know for a fact, are going to recognize a couple of these names, and there's already one name that's standing out to me that I can't wait to talk about. Um, so, Aisha Maycock, women's track and field. Sheena Gooding, women's track and field. Craig Rudolph, men's golf. Noelle Phillips, men's tennis. Susan Sheather, Klebert, women's tennis. TJ Kleinhans, Allen, women's tennis. Chuck Abbott, baseball for the governors. Terrence Holt, football. Ashley Haynes, women's basketball. Angela Thompson, softball. And then uh, Tatiana Ariza, uh, Tatiana Ariza, women's soccer. Natalia Ariza, those are twins, by the way. They actually went on to play in uh, Puerto Rico, I believe. And then it's Harry Taylor, men's basketball. And Cheryl Hold, volleyball coach. Now, the one name that sticks out to me... Terry Taylor. ...is my big boy, Terry Taylor. Yeah. 
Yeah, Terry Taylor, 15th player in the Ohio Valley Conference history to earn multiple Player of the Year honors, four-time uh, first-team All-OVC selection, and the only player in OVC history to rank among the league's career top 10 in scoring, uh, rebounding while becoming the fifth player to record 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds yeah. during their OVC career. Finished his career as Austin Peay's all-time scoring leader. 2,507 points, third in career rebounds, fourth in blocks, and first in minutes played. And, you know, just Pacer, I want to note, Indiana Pacer, Indiana baby. Pacer, and he yeah. was anymore. a stud for them. He now was. he's with the Chicago Bulls. He's with the Chicago Bulls now, but you're right, though. He was a stud with the Indiana Pacers. Yes. And I'm actually kind of surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because he, honestly, when you get traded, it means you have value. Yeah. Like, honestly. Well, like, actually, he wasn't traded. He was waived. Some, I don't know why he, he was, was traded waived. to the Bulls. No, he was waived. Was he waived? Fact yeah. check. Hold on. John, you go ahead and look it up, and I'll just keep talking. I think the only reason is, (laughs) I will, because I'm just going to take it from you. But I think the only reason is because the Pacers have so many forwards on that roster. They do? Yeah, and it was just kind of an overhaul. He was a great replacement, because I forget who was out for a a small period of time, but he kind of came in, and he kind of covered those minutes. But at one point, he was averaging, I think, like he was getting up there in the 20, 25-minute range and putting up great numbers. Yeah, especially two years ago when the Pacers just kind of fell off towards the end of the season. Yeah, but then you talk about his G League performance, and And he was the number one player in the G League for an extended period of time, for I, weeks. I would not doubt that at all. So he was waived by the Indiana Pacers at the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, he was actually pretty surprised that this happened, uh, but they let him go in order to facilitate a complicated trade. Okay. So, And then the Chicago Bulls picked him up. Yes. Okay. Is, I mean, and he's still with the Bulls right now. Correct, as far as I'm concerned. I say, they're in the offseason, so I mean, I don't he know. He definitely made an impact for the Bulls down the stretch of the season for them as well, so I would not, I mean, he should be on their and roster. That's what they Nevertheless, man, what a stud. And he was so much fun. You talked about it a minute ago about my calling experience. Uh, I called Terry Taylor for three years at Austin P, and every single game that I got to call with him playing, it was so much fun. My favorite game all-time favorite game that I got. To, I didn't call this one, but the all-time favorite game that I was at was the Terry Taylor versus Ja Morant when Murray State came to Clarksville. And it was insane. Last minute buzzer beater didn't go in. Austin P. I think lost that game by yeah, I was, like I was, two. I was bored up in that game with uh, ESPN Clarksville. And, I was in the stands yeah. going crazy on yeah. ESPN Plus, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was wild. Terry Taylor really brought some really, really good in Coach Matt Figures' uh, team. Yeah. For a short period that he was here. Uh, but yeah, no, looking at some of these other names on the Ring of Honor. I oh, mean, I do have to make a quick correction. I said Puerto Rico for the Arizzo sisters. Actually, Colombia. Colombia. They played for Colombia in the uh, Women's World Cup. Gotcha. They were awesome. Yeah, but like we were, what we were talking about, oh. what we were talking about early is the Ring of Honor and then, you know, finding those names to start it off, like, what do you think the process is going into that? Because obviously, you want a diverse cast of, you don't want just football players, or you don't want just basketball players. Like, and they've right. done a pretty good job. You've got to say it's, field. It's, it's a very golf, diverse list: tennis, baseball, football, softball, golf. Like, it's co- even coaches too. And it's, um, I think they did a good job, really laying the foundation for this Ring of Honor. I agree. I think they did too. And here's the thing. Some of these stats that you see on this list, as great as they are, 
we're getting into the realm of sports where these records are all possibly broken. And so all the new talent that's coming into Austin P, it's not going to be long before we have somebody else start putting up those numbers where we're like, okay, like, is this the next person to be added? And I'm excited to see how that process goes on forward. Like, is this going to be maybe like a campus uh, vote system or something like that? Or is there going to be like just a board that decides? You know, and I'm glad you made that point. These records are... they're meant to be broken now based yeah. off the, the pace of play of sports. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking about baseball, for instance, Major League Baseball. You have the pitch clock now where it really helps out the runners, base runners, understand, look at Cunha. He's probably going to break the record for most stolen bases. And I don't think, I don't like that per se, just based off of rule changes. Okay. Because yeah. your base, it's a pizza box. Yeah, it's just like, I don't think it's fair to the past generations. Like, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that, but well, I guess especially Ricky, I, Ricky Henderson. Well, yeah. it's baseball. So, I mean, let's be honest here. If we went back every single year and looked at every single rule and made sure to change every single stat comparative to the rule changes. We'd be here for thirty plus years just, just trying to get that settled. Why were like the my rule whole, changes even necessary? I don't. Yeah, I don't you know? care how many bases Acuna Honestly, steals. Though, He's as not. Much Ricky as Henderson is the the legend. He is the legend for base. Like, I, I'm sorry, Acuna. He's not Ricky Henderson. Generational talent, but great. But just going back, like records are meant to be broken. But right. you know, the pace of play is speeding up, and I don't. I don't know if I enjoy it as much. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, the bases did used to be like. 12 inches. Plus, they can only I pick mean, off two. They can or only eight pick, inches way back in the day. Why even change it? Well, they can only pick off They can only pick off twice. Too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, after that second time, I mean. But it's not like Acuna is like, I don't know. I'm a Braves fan, so I'm trying not to be like the bias. You're being like, biased. I know. But I also, <laughs> I also want to pick the whole of, I mean, like, it's not like Ronald Acuna Jr. is the only person that has no. to handle bigger bases. No. Right. Yeah. Like, you still can't take away his speed or the fact that he's able to beat the throw down from the But catcher. it makes the game easier. I don't know if it makes it easier. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's a fair term. So let's say a, a pitcher throws over twice. You mm-hmm. can get you can get a huge lead off. You can get a huge lead off. Yeah, well, for that, sure. No, and you, then you, that, you go. You can get yeah. a huge like, What are they, you, they, they going to do? They can't. They can't. Can they step? They, they can step, step off. off. But they mm-hmm. can't throw back to the base. But so you just have way more comfort. Like you're not on edge after those two throw offs. You're like, okay, well you're over. I'm just gonna take off. Right. Like I'm just gonna get a pretty solid lead, take off. Like I think that's what makes it easier about it. You still have to yeah. beat the catcher's throw, right. of course, and that those catchers have very strong arms. But like I just I yeah. just don't know, man. That's something we can get into, I think, in the baseball realm, but yeah, back to the ring of honor. I think this is something really cool. And then the criteria that we were talking about. Yeah. Diverse. Mm-hmm. It's a very diverse criteria. What do you think the uh, like is there a certain amount of years that you have to be removed from Austin P, or like, can you immediately get into the Ring of Honor after you graduate? Yeah, I'm I think not these are all great questions. Maybe we can get Gerald or somebody on the podcast to yeah. answer some of these. That'd be great. Yeah, Maybe. or an interview or something like that. So maybe we can reach out to him maybe this Clarksville week now to kind of something. clarify on some things. That would be a cool Clarksville now. Yeah, yeah, that'd be very something interesting. For the sports, uh, but yeah, I think this is really cool. I think that it's something that's long overdue for the governors, especially with uh, the history that Austin P has. Uh, brought to this town uh so i'm excited to see where this goes uh after this but uh yeah um wrapping up austin p stuff because we are kind of in that lull period that is our list by the way 
It is list season, so, so that is our list. Three li- lists in the back-to-back back weeks. You're welcome. I tried my best. <laughs> three lists back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Uh, we're going to move on uh, to national news a little bit, kind of touching on um, kind of touching on the NFL. Uh, we had some interesting stuff go down in the NFL. Uh, preseason, it sounds like people are dropping left and right. Jalen Ramsey, uh, season ending. Which man? Well, no, he might be. He might be back Ooh. in December. I mean, no matter uh, what, I don't think he I don't will think, be. I don't think so. But like, I think by that time, if your team is still, if your team is close to the playoffs or like is headed in that direction, you don't mess with team chemistry. You can't because it's, if he's not even going to start preseason with them, there's no way as a coach I'd look at that and be like, yeah, put him in. And he, the thing about the Dolphins too, they could have really taken. Jalen Ramsey could have taken to the Dolphins to a whole other level this season because I feel like that was one of the pieces they were truly missing that that second corner next to Byron I think Byron Howard yeah I believe that's his name uh, but you know now now you're kind of you're shook on defense <laughs> you're limited to what you can do with you know two shutdown corners. You know, so it really kills the and, Dolphins' uh, and, chances. And, and who, who who did they sign? Who 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 did they sign to try to fix that problem? Who did they sign? Eli Apple. Oh, they signed Eli I think, Apple. I'm pretty sure the Dolphins. Look, right? Fact yeah. check. Dolphins, right? Yeah. If I they did hear signed, Apple sign. Oh, I did oh hear that Apple gosh. signed. I didn't see who it was though. I'll say this: I'm a little hard on him because he played for the Bengals and he just talked way too much trash. Well, speaking of injuries and Bengals, yeah, but like. I'd, I I will be flabbergasted. Yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, former Cincinnati Bengal cornerback Eli Apple is no longer free agent after signing with the Miami Dolphins. I guess it's an okay move for depth. Oh man, Tua, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. This I do, I just don't like Eli Apple to be he's honest. Not, really, with you. the way the way he carries himself on the field, acting as though he's the number one corner in the NFL. Yeah, he is cooked, dude. Like, like, I don't know what he's talking about. He's a he's a former first round pick who turned out to be a bust. There's that's as simple as it can be. True. He didn't live up to expectations. He's had a great career. Like I, I will give him that. But the way he carries himself, I just don't I don't respect. It's it. another Ohio State player not living up to expectations. How am I right? Ouch. Um, Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that that sucks for Jalen Ramsey and the Dolphins. And, um, yeah, I guess they're just going to have to make do with their uh, superstar wide uh, superstar cornerback, Eli Apple. <laughs> um, Take a bite of that, Apple. But, yeah, no, Jalen Ramsey. Get out. <laughs> Get out right now. The only thing I think of when I think of the Dolphins is Tua. Like, I think I, I, I just... I don't even know if two is going to be that great. I think a Gusecki. I'll say this: like it's their receiving core. I think of man. I think Jalen Waddle. Really? Is, I think he will eventually be yeah. better than Tyreek Hill. Dude, Gusecki came in clutch for me. He's a stud. He He's underutilizing that offense, though. I'll say that. I was I was kind of hoping the Titans. I don't know over. if he's actually with. The, I don't think he's. I don't know that he's with him anymore. Fact check another one. I don't think he is with the Dolphins anymore, actually, because he didn't. He was not a fit with that offense and what they were trying to accomplish under Mike McDaniel's. He's New England Patriot. Oh, is he? Yep, New what England Patriot. Belichick making some moves. That's I actually love that Hunter Hen. Man, that is one of the Ooh. tallest, yeah. yeah, tight end rooms I've heard. I mean, Bel- Belichick's good at getting tight ends. He is, except they overspent. 
two years ago with Juano Smith, mm-hmm. former Tennessee yeah. Titan, yeah. and also That's the one I Hunter hated to Henry. Let go that yeah. I feel like fit better with the Titans than he did with the Patriots. Definitely, too. especially what they try to accomplish. He was yeah. a stud with the Titans under Arthur Smith's uh, offense. Yeah. But he was not Jalen Ramsey was not the only one to go down, and all the people up in Cincinnati were holding their breath and crossing. Hey, but he's fingers fine. And he legs and everything. He's only several weeks. Yeah, man. When, when Supposedly. We, so we're talking Supposedly. about Joe, Joe Burrow. He was uh, scrambling right in a. Uh, I think it was like a design quarterback. Was it a calf tear or strain? It was a strain, or they, they're calling it a calf sprain. It was right? non-contact injury. Though. Non-contact injury. Yeah. Whenever you see that. I thought it was Achilles at first. Scary. When you twist and turn. Well, the way Trust he, me, my knees know. I the it, Three ACLs I don't have. When he was uh, practicing Ice Ice Baby. That's right. We well, don't we were, right. We, well man, something like that. Well, we, me and Christian were looking at the video. <laughs> we were looking at the video the other day. And it looked like it hurt. When it happened, well, he came up hobbling like that, and it looked like... So when you tear your uh, when you tear your Achilles, like it's not so much pain as it is. It's just like that band in the back of your shoots up, sh- shoots up, and you just can't really do anything with it. So we've seen that with uh, Clay Thompson when he went up uh, to shoot and came back down, and then uh, Kevin Durant too. I've seen it firsthand out of football practice when I was director yeah. of football operations for a developmental football league known as the Spring League. This wide receiver was running a curl route. And he came back. He thought someone stepped on his ankle because exactly. of how hard it snapped. Well, Kevin, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, I think he said it was like a sniper shot him. He was like, it's just like someone just shot the back of my ankle, and then it's just like that is gruesome. Completely, was he was like, it's it wasn't so much painful as it was. You just can't do anything. And he came up hobbling on that when everyone was like, oh no 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 no, because he got injured what his rookie year. Yeah, he sat out his entire. Yep. This is the thing. He sat out that entire season, and that's the only reason they have Jamar Chase now. Yep. Yeah. Like so, so it played in their favor, but so he's real lucky right now too because Joe Burrow, Joe Burr, Joe Burr, Joe, Joe Money, he is gonna get paid. Yeah. This year, he's very lucky he did not have a season-ending injury. He really is for contract and negotiations, and, and he better heal it right too. Well, yeah, and take like, his time. That's a lot of rehab. Yeah. Like any time you got, any time you got like. A muscle strain like that enough especially to where it's calf. gonna sign. Yeah, especially when it's gonna sideline you for a couple weeks. You better take the time. He's just and not, yeah, he's baby not that thing and baby that thing. Maybe an extra three or four days longer than you need to. This is just hurt. so that way when you go back, you're uh, you're sure you're a hundred. He is not. Play, he's he's done for the preseason. Like he's just he's gonna be done for weeks. Week on two or three, I think. No, I maybe think even like three weeks. Or two three? Weeks. Yeah, I think it's two or three weeks. Like it wasn't I'd that maybe serious. Even pushing it. Yeah, well, they weren't. It, they were not that. Go concerned. talk to Tony Romo. He'll tell you about coming back a little bit too early. Yeah, yeah but Tony Romo, his back was obliterated at that's, some point. Well, that's exactly. that's one of the big biggest what ifs I think it's a little in bit NFL history than a, than a calf strain. Than the the sadness that we watched with Tony Romo trying to come back from that back injury multiple Dude, times. Well, I remember watching the Seattle tackle. Uh-huh. The, which is when the one that was that Monday wasn't that Monday night football or like Sunday night football or something like that? Uh, no, it was a midday game. It was the game of the week, I think, though uh, America's game of the week. But I remember watching that, and I remember I don't remember who tackled him, but I remember him coming across, coming on the toe over the top of Tony, and then I just remember as Tony was falling, I knew it was, a, was I knew it was a bad tackle. Yeah, and it wasn't a bad tackle per se. Like it wasn't an illegal or it wasn't a dirty tackle, but like. It just looked the, wrong. The, it, yeah. Like, as soon as, like, he didn't even have to hit the ground. Like, as soon as I saw the way that their bodies were on top of each other, I was like, 
That's it. Especially with the physicality of those Seattle Seahawks They're huge. defenses. They're huge. Just like Cowboys offensive line. They're yeah. ginormous. And I oof, that was one of the most heartbreaking moments. And backbreaking. Oh my Literally. gosh, that is... Uh, <laughs> watching the Cowboys. You guys told me to get out when I made a bad joke. To say, get out. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, no, and now he is making millions and millions of dollars sitting up in a booth at Jim Nance. So, and making millions and millions more dollars doing some Corona commercials. <laughs> respect Tony right. Romo. Hey, big shout out to Tony Romo. He's living the life we all wish we had. It's true. Yeah, no. With two kids and a wife playing golf. You can't beat that. But it brings in... And I bring up these injuries to bring in maybe a little bit bigger point. Of the preseason. So we have seen a lot of non-participation in the preseason in years past uh, by guys really wanting to take it easy, just walk through, definitely not participating in preseason games. And there has been a big debate of whether, hey, like these guys need to get and see live action because these first games, they are looking cruddy and crappy. That- Your rookies do. Well, no, even some of your even some of your veterans too. Like the, the past, getting, some do. The getting back to years, use of the pace but of your, play. But your veterans, like your, I don't know how many years Aaron Rodgers has been in the league now, but a lot. That's a little bit different. You don't need him to go play out every single. You don't need him to. You don't. You just don't. Let's just be honest. It's not worth but, it. Yeah, but exactly. I, the argument. The argument has been the last couple of years. Some of these veterans, including guys with years like Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that, have just not looked sharp because they haven't seen uh, seen live uh, live reps. Like in-game reps in the preseason, not like not even a drive or two. Um, so it took them a couple games to like get used to it. But now you're on the whole other side of the coin too. It's like, okay, I just spent thirty-six million dollars on this guy. I don't want him stepping on the field until he absolutely has to. And it's such a like two ends of the spectrum argument. You got to find some middle ground. Obviously, he, he's got to practice. He's got to you know in camp. Things can happen in camp. That's just part it's like i go outside i might get hit by a bus yeah it's risks well it i don't know that's I think, significantly smaller percent I, chance but i see what you're yeah, saying it's it's just the yeah. argument i think that there's i i think i feel like a lot of teams will use their starters at some point in preseason at least one time definitely I, more than one time exactly I think. and now you i think the argument could be made that there are some players who don't play as much in the preseason, and maybe they need a little bit more. But when we're talking about, let's just I will we'll break it down at quarterback right now. I'll just talk on that that spot because you know leader of the team. But if you have your quarterback and you want him to take live reps, I'm only going to put him in certain situations to practice those certain situations. So like you have, let's say you have the ball on the one yard line, your own one yard line. Maybe put your quarterback. Maybe put your starting quarterback in for a drive, get you out, and then you can put your backup back in. Later on in the game, let's say you have a uh, first and goal situation, right? Okay, throw your starter in, have him take reps in the red zone, and then maybe later on in the game again, you're on the 50-yard line, two minutes until end of four. Why not go ahead and throw him in there, get him a two-minute drill? So for the quarterback, it's a risk versus reward thing. And And also I say that you don't even have to do that the same game. You can do that. One week, one, just, you can do one week, yeah. have that, two of those situations, and then next week do one. That's usually what happens, too. I feel like that first preseason game, one drive, next game, two drives, and maybe even a full quarter of that third and right. final game. Well, of course, it, it's it's transitioned a little bit because they used to have four games. Well, you're... How many do they have now? It's, what, three? Three? It's, yeah, it's three. Because they well, added the 18th game. Exactly. Couple, not last season, season before. We, exactly. haven't seen, we haven't seen quarterbacks participate, and if they do participate... It's, it's usually the first quarter. It's in that game. Aaron Rodgers has not played in a preseason game since 2018. 
What? Yes. See, I don't like that. But, but, he has not played in a preseason game since 2018. And maybe and that's he, why he was shaky to start well, last he season. Doesn't, he doesn't plan to play this year with the Jets, too. Well, also, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, as much as the $35 million cut that he took is which a is very... Insane. Which is insane, and that is a huge team player move. Yes. He has a lot of times come across as not a team person. Be, well, I think that comes with... I think with, all parties aside that they don't want them out there, though. The Green Bay Packers did Run not do a lot. Of, yeah. They did not draft a wide receiver in the first round and his entire tenure, right. tenure with the team. And that speaks instead, levels to the incompetence of the... Was the it two seasons ago? Office for the Green Bay. Was it two seasons ago they drafted the backup quarterback yes. instead of a wide receiver? Yes. Yeah. And he's been nothing but supportive of right. that of him. Yeah. But he does. He's. I don't think for the past couple of years he's never supported that front office. Right. Which and is probably where that mentality Adams. comes from. Yeah. Right. Like the, the Jets have been willing to add any piece yeah. he needs. Of course, now so he's like, I'm going to be a team him. player. Yeah. Maybe we will see him in. A preseason game just to try to get those live reps with. I mean, let's be also be honest. The Jets are a little bit of a younger team. Yeah, they which, have some newer. They had the. Uh, do they? They have the rookie rookie wide receiver out there right now. Uh, he, are you talking about Garrett Wilson? Yes. coming into year two. Yes, year two. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, um, he's been looking really good, and I he feel like Aaron Rodgers. I saw a couple throws by Aaron Rodgers to him the other day. He said, "I think Aaron Rodgers said Garrett Wilson's the best wide receiver in the NFL." And uh, he look at what he accomplished with Joe Flacco, hey, Mike hey. White, and also of people course, gotta quit sleeping on Joe Flacco. Like I mean, he's not great anymore, but like I feel like people dig on him a little too much. Well, homeboy, homeboy did some good stuff. He, he did some good stuff, but most of the time his defense carried him into the Super Bowl. So hundred percent. But also, I feel like a lot he of made plays. Have done he that. made game winning yeah, plays. Though. Yeah, you could you can make that argument with Big Ben. It's true. So Jets Jets coach Rob Salah, uh, he did say on a radio show that Rodgers will play only if starters need extra work, but added that the final preseason game against the Giants would be the game that he would play if he plays. So it's strictly down to, like, I cannot get my quarterback hurt in the preseason. And so I completely I, understand. Yeah, that, it comes though. down to how strong they uh, feel like the offensive line is. If you, if you feel like your offensive line isn't guy, 100% guy trips. strong, guy trips. Uh, I ain't putting, then, then I wouldn't put him in. And here's the other thing, like... Especially preseason, I'm sure yeah. those coaches are saying, "Hey, don't don't stay in the pocket too long. Throw the ball away if you need yeah. to. Yeah. Don't be over, comfortable don't risk, the whole entire yeah. time. Like, don't risk your body. Yeah. This would is preseason, boys. Would like, y'all be? Would you? And I know this would be like nerfing preseason, but would you ever be like everybody else? Like, you can go full speed. You just cannot hit the quarterback in preseason. No, no, I don't like that. Yeah. We're already to the point where you can't put your full body weight on a quarterback yeah. or it's a flag. And, you know, th- those calls are atrocious most yeah. of the time. That rule well, They don't ever is, get it right. Like, they don't. That's the problem. Like, sometimes, like, I get it. Like, if you're slamming them into the ground. But most of the time, the defenders are trying to, like, uh, trying to find a way around that. Right. Like, yeah. so I don't like that at all. Because when you go in the regular season, you're going to be tentative. You're going to be cautious. You don't want that from a defender. No. Yeah, Yeah, that's a true statement. I feel like it's way more dangerous for them to be hesitant defenders. I feel like it's way more dangerous for them to do that. Because if you're going to be hesitant, that quarterback's probably going to react a lot more differently than if you're just going full force. Because if I'm running at you, and if I'm going 100% speed, and I'm committed to tackling you, I'm going to wrap you up and take you to the ground. Yeah. If I hesitate, I might keep you on your feet too long, and I might... 
you know, I guess it'd be like a rap walk where I'm just walking you kind of backwards. Yeah. And then at that point, if I'm doing that, well, what if the person next to me is going 100% and then they just hit both of us? Yeah. And I have you stationary. You can't move. Your body can't move. And then all of a sudden you snap your ankle. I think last year we saw so many cases where players try to avoid that. And I'm I'm pretty sure one player actually suffered a season-ending injury because of it. Then also, I think it was a game-winning drive that a player actually like wrapped up the quarterback and kind of let him go because he didn't want to hurt him. Yeah. Like there was many times last year... Oh, I just don't like the where, rules. There's many times where you see linebacker uh, how they're changing. You see, um, I guess your rush defenders kind of crash in. Yeah, and instead of tackling, they just kind of they'll, they'll kind of sling them. Yeah. to the ground. And I think that again more dangerous than just wrapping yeah. up and tackle. Learn how to tackle correctly and then do it. Yeah, yeah. like honestly, the rules are just. I think the pre. The- yeah, I think the preseason though, for the most part, is going pretty smoothly. Some guys getting hurt. It's unfortunate. Luckily. Titans have not had anything of doubt. They're looking pretty good. We're going to break down a little bit of the Titans more next week. Especially Will. Oh, yeah. Will's. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let's we'll put a pencil on. in. Let's yeah, put a pencil but I'm just saying that. he's apparently shining. They're having to move him up and get him reps in the second team right now. As he because should. he, yeah. It's going to be curious to see how that plays out in the preseason, but we'll put a pin in it. Yeah, like put a pin said. in it. Do the Titans carry three quarterbacks? Put a pin in it. Um, moving on to baseball. We put a pin in it. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> we, uh, we had the trade deadline. <laughs> we had the trade deadline expire yesterday, which is why we recorded today. Yeah. Uh, because we really wanted to get in uh, some of the trades that happened. Well, at least some of the bigger ones. Yes. Because there were some big baseball. names on the trade block. Five o'clock yesterday as the Cardinals got a buzzer beater off. Got rid of Jack Flaherty. The Cardinals the- did and the Mets did. Yeah. The big ones, really the biggest one. I, I think. think this. I, uh, if it's the one I think you're about to say, well, I think Ver, to me Ver, this is the biggest one. Verlander. Or I was going to say both of them. I was going to say Scherzer and Verlander. So the so the Mets have just really leaned into making Frank Fleming and all of the other Mets fans completely just bananas. <sighs> Can, you Can I go a, in real quick? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can you start with how much money they actually spent. How much money they spent this offseason just to be the biggest sellers in the MLB <laughs> trade deadline. It's the most asinine moon yes. I've ever seen in my life. Then to find out after the Matt Scherzer trade uh, in which the Mets actually acquired Luis Angel Acuna, uh, Ronald Acuna's brother, which is really cool. Uh, but Matt Scherzer came out and said, Mets don't expect to compete until 2025, according to The Athletic. How... Can you be a competent general manager or just, you know, front office executive and even say that, you know, that is a fireable offense. It is. He should be fired. Do you know how can you imagine? Can you imagine like investors sitting in a room together and they got that text? Well, that's that. Is that from Scherzer himself saying that Matt Scherzer said said that during his press conference, I believe. uh, No one's refuted it yet. No one has came out and refuted that statement. That's pathetic. And we were looking at it. The only free agents available during that time period, maybe they're betting on their, their uh, farm development system, but the only notable free agent during that uh, 2025 free agent class is Juan Soto, which he's 26. He's he's a stud. Like, don't get me wrong. I was telling you, he's, he's going to be worth a little bit. Yeah, but like... Not as much as he was last year. Exactly. Yeah. Not as much as uh, Scherzer and Verlander. It's just very questionable. On their part, I'm fine with it because I love my Phillies. Well, I, you know, honestly, <laughs> I want Scherzer and Verlander both great pitchers. I want them to go do well, and they're not oh, doing yeah. well with the Mets. The Mets are just that 
at team, They made a man. mistake. They, they made a mistake paying I really way think too they much are money. Cursed. And I they didn't they know what to do. And they were like, let's do Let's this. rebuild. Yeah, they were like, we messed up so bad, we are just going to create a blank slate. Imagine being those veterans on that team. But here, here's my other thing real quick. If you're the Astros and the Rangers, you're licking your chops because the, I think the Astros are one game back from the Rangers. Maybe they're tied now uh, after last night's set of games. But now they added Rangers added Scherzer. Astros added Verlander. Those are two top tier pitchers, even with their age. They're still top tier. And wait, now wait, Scherzer, Scherzer went to Texas. Yes. And you know, Texas also got Jordan Montgomery from exactly. St. Louis. The Rangers were the most, I think. In my opinion, they they won the trade deadline they along with money. the Los Angeles or yeah the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, Anaheim. So Anaheim. Rangers right now, just looking at standings, Rangers are number one in the AL West okay. at sixty one wins, forty six losses, a five seventy percentage. Okay. Underneath them, the Houston Astros, sixty one forty seven, five sixty five per win percentage. They're point five games back behind the Rangers, and then the Angels following right next to them, uh, fifty six and fifty two. Underneath them, Mariners, and then the Athletics. So we're, we're not really worried about Mariners or Athletics here, but yeah. those three AL West teams, all very competitive, all have very strong teams. Angels need I, a little bit something. Need something. I'm telling you right now, and we were going to touch on this uh, later point, but their addition of not only Lucas Giolito now mm-hmm. and also Ronaldo Lopez from the White Sox, they also added CJ Crone from the Rockies and outfielder Randall. Greikic, uh, those are both. I think CJ Crone's going to be a more of a impact on that team coming off a season where he had 30 home runs. He was one of the best first basemen in the league last year. And I can kind of see a situation that happens along with uh, very similar to the Matt Olson situation. Yeah. Matt Olson coming from the Athletics didn't have a crazy year last yeah. year. I don't think on the bat. He kind of down year a little bit. Not, I wouldn't even call it a down. I mean, I don't remember. What I'm, it I'm not like. talking about with the Braves. I'm talking no, about yeah. when we was with the A's. That's what I'm talking. He still about. had a good year, yeah. but this year with the Braves, insane. he's right behind uh, Shohei Otani for the number of home runs this yeah. season. It's almost I I want it to be that kind of a situation like he moves over and the angels kind of get that hitting uh vibe I it, going i guess I think you could it could call happen. it i really do see that being a possibility and then the angels would make such a strong push yeah for that number one spot with the houston astros and the rangers i'm gonna come out and say it real quick and i'll give it back to you john yeah, no i got something to say about this whole oh uh, gosh for the team what what division is it again just to AL confirm West. the al west those three teams rangers one astros, of them angels. is going to make it to the world series I don't even think it's. I can see that. I can see the unless Rangers. the Tampa Bay Rays. They're all over five. In. They're all over five hundred right now with Texas in first place at sixty-one and forty-six. But Houston's right behind them, half game back at sixty-one yeah. and forty-seven. And then the Angels are five and a half games back, fifty-six and fifty-two. Yeah. Uh, that is a strong division. It's uh, you. I, I the guess only you, thing I I don't necessarily see one of those teams going. I really do. Look at Baltimore too. They, That's it. They picked I, up Flaherty. I it's either, I think I'm going to call for the Rays. The Rays have I been I can see the Rays. Let's not act like Flaherty is a top tier pitcher in the league now. He two years two, ago, he was yeah, he was two years ago. Two years ago, he's a completely today. different pitcher than he was. I'll tell you this right now, and this is the Cardinals. The Cardinals would not be shopping him if he was the same pitcher. No, no, no. He is not. I can admit right now in okay. St. in St. Louis, he has not been the pitcher that he was a couple of years ago. He's had some injury issues, but a change of scenery has been the Cardinals. Like Cardinals have like watched players go be Sandy Alcantara, yeah, uh, Randy Rosarina. 
numerous players have got left the Cardinals to be on go and become superstars. But yeah. they I, they look pretty, Baltimore looks pretty good. They do look amazing. Um, uh, maybe it is. Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Tampa than Bay, those Baltimore. Three. Are also, if, if the Angels make the playoffs, if we were going to call a top five for the AL, as far it's as those. like, it, I mean, that is the top five. That just looking at the, the stats, I, I would we be were, willing to bet the Angels make it to the World Series. I'm, that's my, that's my. Okay, so out of those five, what are your three that you think are making it? Like to just the playoffs. Oh, I think who, all five. Who, who three? Well, okay, yeah, but who three are your lock for playoffs? Lock. I think now. The angel, I think, I mean, they're all locks probably at this point. Like, it's, I think it'd be I mean, hard for them not to make it at this point. Yeah. I mean, the Guardians are only two games back away from the Twins. Yeah. They have a strong chance to make the playoffs. I doubt the, um, I, I doubt that the Guardians or the Twins get a wild card spot, though. I may be mistaken. Well, somebody's going to take the AL yeah. Central. That, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. fine, but. Somebody's going to take the AL Central. The, I don't think they'll make card, noise. Your wild cards are probably if the Orioles stay in number one. I think the wild card goes definitely is going to go to the Rays. The Yankees are like, and then in if, you, if, we, if we're going to pick the AL West, I'm going to say that I think the Astros are probably going to come out on top. They'll probably get that point five game back over at the Rangers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think. Yankees, and then if we want to talk about the National League, we can. Yeah, we 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 can here in a minute. But first, I'm not going to let. Uncle Stevie Cohen, get off real quick, too, because we're going to break down exactly what happened with this Max Scherzer and uh, Justin Verlander trade in form of cash. So they spent the most cash at the beginning of the year, and they are the biggest sellers at the end of the year. But, Christian, you know exactly what and how much they wound up giving away. So for the trade with Justin Verlander, they had to give up $35 million <laughs> just to get rid of him. And then they also have to give another 17 and a half more if he op, uh, if he uh, takes his tw- uh, 2025 option. Now, that's a lot of money right there. That's $35 million guaranteed. But, yeah, baseball money is guaranteed. That's a fair point you know, to be every, made. Everyone yeah. thought, you know, Max Scherzer, you know, for Ronald Cooney's little brother, that's not it, – it's a good prospect, not the greatest deal. But wait, there's more. They also had to give up $21 million to get rid of Scherzer, too. So there, that's $50 million. Possibly 70 50, or 65 million. That's 56, almost 50, 60, 70, almost $80 million. What? They're trying to recoup the money that they're probably projected to lose. If I was a Mets fan, I'd be bald. Um, I would be, I would be hashtag, selling season tickets. Hashtag Frank the Tank. Yeah. Frank the Tank Dude, is losing right. I hope he's okay. He's, he's probably oh, he's made videos. Attack. Have you seen it? We're talking about Barstool. Uh, Barstool Frank the Tank. Uh, yeah, Frank at the Tank. NJ Tank. I thought you were talking about uh, on Twitter. Old school Frank the Tank. <laughs> no, this no. is this is Will Frank Farrell. the Tank. Barstool. This guy is a huge Mets fan. Hates the Braves because the Braves always beat the Mets. Bigger guy. Bigger yeah, guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I oh, haven't he, seen the videos. With the, He's lost it. He was like, I bet he did. He's like, we're not going to be good until 2025. It's really going to be 2027. (laughs) And Frank is, but he's, he's funny because he also is so knowledgeable. Yeah. Oh, like he, he he did his his website. Yeah. He has a, what? No, he has a sport. He has a, like a sports encyclopedia website. Yeah. But he, there was a video of him. Somebody asked him to list the 10, uh, Oh, he, uh, the top ten Cy Young winners that won it more than once, he's or something trivia. like that. Oh yeah, yeah. And he literally went through one through ten and named every single one of them. 
Are you sure that was him or was yeah, it? Yeah, I'm Jeff? pretty sure it was Frank the Tank. Or yeah. was it the ESPN analyst? There Jeff? was another no, ESPN Frank the, analyst. Frank the Tank. He's Frank the Tank did it too. He's really good. But nonetheless, the Mets have really just completely imploded their fan base. There, there is a divided section of their fan base of like Mets people who think the world is all doom and gloom, and well, then I mean, people who have hope. Uh, but they all are just in the clouds right now, waiting for it to rain, like it will happen in New York. In 2025, when they're actually better. <laughs> if, if or when that, they get blown out by the Braves they, again. And, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, there were some other trades. We're, we're not going to just harp on the Mets. There no. was some other trades. Um, no Syndergaard to the Guardians traded for Ahmed Rosario, uh, the shortstop for the Dodgers. No, he went to the Dodgers. He went to the Dodgers. Oh, okay, okay. So he, it was no Syndergaard going right, to the yeah, Guardians. No. Yeah, Syndergaard went to the Guardians. Rosario to the Dodgers. Got that backed up. Uh Aaron Seville. Yeah, Seville. Seville, I Seville. don't really know. Seville, Tampa Bay Which, uh, from the Guardians. Just to put this out there, that is extreme move by the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, he's had a great season, but also it really gives some depth at the starting pitching position. Yeah. Some uh, some more names I'm, I'm familiar with, too. Lance Lynn uh, to the Dodgers from the White Sox. Lance Lynn was a unit for us. He's had a down year, uh, but he he could make Dude, he, a little he, comeback. How old is Lance Lynn? He's 35. Be, yeah, he's, I was about to say, he's he's getting up there, but the, it's not... Yeah. Speaking of old pitchers, Ayo. Rich Hill, 40-plus years old, My to the Padres. With a broken hip somewhere. <laughs> Verlander's 40. Yeah, and so Scherzer's yeah. right there, too. Both of which have not had the best years of their life. No. I'm just saying. Yeah. Jordan Hicks from he's St. An older Louis guy. to Blue Jays. He's 25, actually. Is he 25? Yeah. 25. I thought he was 30. So let's so let's get into our, uh, I guess, collective team, some of the well, big trades. We're not going to get into okay, all you. the big, some of the bigger trades. Like, Cardinals pretty much... Uh, They're I, sellers. I wouldn't say they were had a fire sale. They had a fire sale. They um they traded Jordan <laughs> it was Hicks. A wholesale. It was a wholesale. Jordan, Jordan <laughs> liquidation Hicks, sale. Jordan Hicks, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty. Cabrera. Uh, who? What? Cabrera, Genesis Cabrera <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the the Blue Jays as well. Yeah, Genesis Cabrera. Uh, which Genesis? Shout out to Genesis Cabrera. There is one of the funniest uh, gifts that I have uh, locked and loaded. Whenever anybody wants to fight on Twitter, uh, is Genesis Cabrera when they empty the bullpen and. Everyone uses the door from the bullpen to go out, and Cabrera just hops over. Oh, that was the, him? Yeah, they hops over the fence and then just starts just That's standing hilarious. up. It is one of the most hilarious uh, gifts. Uh, but yeah, he's gone. Paul DeJong gone. Where to the Blue for, Jays? So really, the Cardinals and Blue Jays did a lot of business. They did the most business. Yeah, the Montgomery to Texas, um, and then uh, Jack Flaherty to the Orioles. Like mentioned, um, which I just to backtrack a little bit. That is a good addition. I'm just saying, he's yeah. not the player he was. We're, we're going to talk about some, what the Cardinals got back because they got a lot of good prospects um, in that Titans, not Titans. Cardinals really wanted to get a uh, pitching. And they did build up their farm system, so I respect the heck out of that. Yeah, they got a lot more depth. Uh, but this really for the Cardinals, I think at this point they're gonna they got to bring up Mason Wynn, right? They got to bring they up Mason Wynn. To. They got to find a place for their Jordan only Walker. chance if they want to start winning something. So Jordan Walker, he's either got to be Jordan Walker's either got to find a place at first. This is very interesting, and I don't want to dive too much into this. But Paul Paul Goldschmidt's contract is up at the end of next year. Do they resign him? We don't know. Probably uh, not. Probably not is what a lot of people are thinking. Uh, Jordan Walker at first base would be the best move probably for him for his defensive capabilities, especially if, how their defensive outfield is set up. Yeah, too, with because they've got O'Neill staying put. 
Uh, new bar. Carlson Burleson. New bar. New bar. So there's a lot of depth there. I think you're right. First base is the move for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of O'Neal in the offseason. They're just, I think, trying to showcase him a little bit it's more. It's just time to bring up those prospects that you expect to be on the team next year so they get yeah. that experience. And But I think the Cardinals also, this is something that frustrates Cardinals fans to no end is like, you know, the Cardinal way bringing up in like all these players, Edmund, Newt Barr, they're Jordan Hicks. They're all Jack Flaherty. They're all Cardinals farm system guys. And they want to, They love doing that. The Cardinals are one of the best at developing talent in the farm system, I think, in the major league. But at some point, too, you got to go out there and spend, Make some spend money. And they did that with like, Paul and Nolan. They did it back in like 20, 2010, 2011. You know, they got Larry Walker. They got Lance Berkman. Beltron, Lance Berkman. Beltron. The Killer Bees basically moved up to St. Louis. Um, yeah, Cardinals were definitely sellers at the trade deadline literally until the last minute. Jack Flaherty uh, was out on the field warming up and then gets called back into there. Um, yeah. What about y'all? You want to go up? Yeah, sure. So the Braves making a few moves. They uh, actually went out and got two pitchers and an infielder. So and they kind of picked out of the uh, Rockies organization a couple uh, for a couple of their players. So Pierce Johnson from the Rockies heading over to the Braves. The Braves sent over a couple of their prospects, Victor Vodnik and Tanner Gordon, and then also the Braves uh, got. Another pitcher, another relief pitcher, uh, Brad Hand. Brad also coming from the Rockies. Now he had a pretty good year last or this whole front of the season. A relief pitcher uh, went forty innings and I believe three wins, one loss, and his ERA is sitting at a four five four. Not great. He oh. is a one inning pitcher, but honestly, I'm not mad at a four five four. I wouldn't be, in, especially in the major leagues. I, I wish you guys had. Didn't get him because last season for the Phillies, he was a stud. And yeah. you know, the thing about it is he has experience closing out games in his career. Uh, his slider is lethal. It is. Lethal. And that is the his go-to pitch. So, yeah, for reference, when he was with the Phillies, he would, he, would, he had 55 games played, three wins, two losses, uh, ERA of 280. In 2021, See? it was a 2.70. The last time it was above five was in 2021 when he was playing for Toronto. He had 11 games, had two losses. His ERA was 7.27. It's it's easy to have a down year. It's so easy to have a down year. But then again, and I say that to then also say, between the years of 2018 and since then, it was all under three. Yeah. Like, and not by a little under three, like by a lot under three. Yeah. So I think it's a great move for the Braves. Relief pitching is something that the Braves have always had kind of a struggle in. Uh, I think back to Luke Jackson. That guy has lost more games for the Atlanta Braves than any other person in the whole entire world. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Also, uh, also the Braves picked up uh, another infielder, which I kind of like them going for an infielder. Oh, that's right. Because um, when you go for an, so the Braves going for an infielder. It gives that infield a little bit of a break. It is a stacked infield for the Braves. And I guess, let's see, it was... I'm blanking on the name. I'm pulling it up. Uh, Nicky Lopez from the from the Royals. So he had uh, he made one appearance for the Braves, apparently. And he, only, uh, uh, he allowed four runs and recorded only one out. Which, apparently, from an infielder. I don't know what that means. Oh. That's what this website says. Oh, okay. Well, you know, the Phillies actually made some very similar moves to 
the Braves actually. Yeah. So uh, instead of going relief, we went starting pitching with Michael Lorenzo. Um, and the thing about it is, uh, Alex Carr said this. He works for uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, you know, they traded him for in exchange for minor league uh, infielder Ho Yu Lee. Uh, he said Alex said that this is probably one of the best hitting prospects in the Phillies farm system. So. I mean that is the major downfall, but with Michael Lorenzo, uh, they get that you know back of the starting pitching depth they need desperately need, and also when the playoffs come, if they make the playoffs, uh, they have him because he has relief pitching experience, mm-hmm. and they can put him in that bullpen. So there's a lot of stuff you can do there. Then also the Phillies acquired uh, utility player infielder uh, Rodolfo Castro from the Pirates in exchange like for Bailey Falter. I like that. Yeah, he's an aggressive. He's an aggressive infielder against lefties yeah. too. He has some serious power. So it's something to watch out for. Uh, it's a great addition. I think Josh Harrison's on the uh, IL right now, and that's mm-hmm. the big reason why uh, they made the trade. Yeah, but you know, like you said with the Braves, it gives us some serious infield depth and. He- People forget how much that is needed. Yeah. Like your infielders, like I'll put it the way I can kind of Confident. explain it is Dansby Swanson. I think the last time, the last season he was with the Braves, he only missed a couple of games. Yeah. And that's because the Braves didn't really have a suitable shortstop that could really take that spot. Johan Camargo at the time wasn't really doing that well. Charlie it. Culberson um, left, or he didn't leave, but we traded him at that point. And now he's back with us, but he's in our minor league system. That's a weird situation. Like, honestly, no offense. I love him to death, but get rid of him. Get some money for him. Yeah. Like we can get other players. Yeah. Um. But no. And, and so seeing an infielder added for um the Braves, I'm super excited for. I am super excited to see Castro playing uh for the Phillies, even though it's the Phillies. Yeah. But you know the thing about it is, I wish all three of our teams were buyers. John wasn't as yeah. lucky, and I really wish that is man, okay. I wish oh, the Braves man. haven't made too many no, huge moves except for Matt Olson. Yeah, like Matt Olson getting rid of Freddie Freeman, getting rid of Dansby Swanson. So last season was like the big season for Atlanta for trading and it was a buying. Great build up, and it was perfect because they're doing so well now. They only needed these three. Yeah. Like they felt like they only need these three guys to really fine tune some things. It was a great move. And it's Moves. like I said, it's paying off because the Braves are still number one team in the major leagues right now. I think their record 68 wins. I forget the loss number, but which is pretty absurd. They've done, they've done so good. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with uh, Alex Andropoulos, the GM for the Braves. Yeah. He's just made some great decisions. When you give up Freddie Freeman, you think it's a loss automatically, but Matt Olson's proved, you know, it his was the worth. greatest decision, I think, because Greatest got, replacement. Yeah, we, I'll be honest. We got Matt Olson for cheaper than we would have paid Freddie Freeman. Yeah, and it worked. I think he's been better than Free, Freddie. I think so too. Dave, the Cardinals are only eleven games out. I am looking at tickets right now, and bobbleheads. Bobblehead. Oh, bobble, bobblehead. Now, I am a big fan. Like, okay, this is bro. Something. The Atlanta Braves had a Chipper Jones one the other oh. day, and I missed it. They like, got, I would have driven. They have an Al Raboski WWE dressed as Stone Cold Steve Austin bobblehead. Whoa. That's kind of this cool. thing is sick. Buy three I might of them right now. All and right, you can, you can pre-sell them on there. But um, so John's going to leave real quick. He's going to Bobblehead Night, yeah, Bobblehead night in St. <laughs> Louis um, on the seventeenth. If you want to come hang out with us, game time is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, it is a sick. I'm, I'm turning. I'm okay, turning it around right now. I question. Oh, oh. okay, that, that, is, that is really cool. Actually, that's one of the sickest bobbleheads I've ever seen. That is dope. Show these guys. I love how it still has the hat though, like the team hat. Dude, I, I, I'm a big fan of bobbleheads. I've got 
quite a few like just obscure bobbleheads. I'm you learning some new head. things about John. Uh, jo- I, have, I have a Joe Torre, uh, Joe Torre Cardinals bobblehead. Um, yeah, I just I love bobbleheads, man. They're awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows John's love of bobbleheads. But, yeah, that, that's kind of what happened in the uh, anyway. Back to uh, our regularly scheduled program that's kind of what happened at the trade deadline and you know to top things off last night for the Mets misery uh they lost in a walk-off balk with the bases loaded in the 10th inning which just sums up their day at least it wasn't a pitch clock violation they, yeah. No, so they were having pitch I honestly would issues. take a balk over a pitch clock violation. Did, did you see the uh, the video? I did not. So the catcher goes out there, to, it's like a pitch clock, vi- uh, like not pitch clock violation, like his pitch com was messing up or whatever. And then the two umpires got together and were like, let's rain on the Mets parade today. <laughs> and then just the Royals. I won. really think they are cursed. There's something. You use that much money to build you a super team and you fail that miserably. Yeah. You, did you earn it? No. Like, did you earn what you're getting right now? The Mets will never win. I think win the again. answer is kind of yes. yes. The Mets will never win again. They probably got cursed after the. As a Braves fan, the, I feel like I say that and all of karma is going to hit me in the face the and they're going to somehow rise from the depths. The 06 NLCS. Or was it, no, it was the 06 NLDS. Man, we're kicking it 20 years ago. Cardinals. Knock off the Mets. Adam Wainwright coming out of the bullpen. Yadier Molina back in the home day. Run. What was that? Two thousand six. You know how old I was? I was in. I was on fall, my freshman year high school fall break oh, in Arizona. That's how old you are. I was in. I was like eight years old, nine years old. Nice. I, I can't do that math, Jeff. <laughs> but uh, but it, one, two. That's all I got. Right. But anyway, we're gonna wrap things up. We got some big stuff for next week. Just give you a little little taste. Um, we are gonna dive into the world of college football and the madness uh, that is the changing of conference with Colorado moving to the Big Twelve. Yep. Uh, you got other teams wanting to jump ship. What's Florida State doing? What's Clemson doing? Arizona Board of Regents talking. It's going to be a fun week next week. We're really going to dive into that and just kind of the scope of college football. Maybe get into a little bit of preseason for college football for Austin P. Uh, and some more high school stuff. And some women's soccer once we yes. find out some more information on the women's yeah. national team yeah, for the U.S. I'm so excited about this. So they have a match coming up. I don't have the date on it yet, but I'll post it somewhere in a little bit. Playing Sweden. This is like the sixth time in a row that the United States women's team have seen Sweden in the knockout stage for the World Cup. Here's the problem. United States women's national team struggling. They barely made it out of group stage. They drew against Portugal. It was either drew or win, and they were in, and they drew. A lot of drama. I'm so excited to get into it next week. I just want to say a little little baby rant. We need more from them. They were celebrating a draw where they barely squeezed through the group hey, stage. I'm going to do a shout out real quick for my homegirl, Carly Lloyd. Because yeah, she Carly ca- Lloyd came out I and love was that, actually. a team captain when nobody asked her to be a team captain. The amount of like... Accountability. The amount of accountability. And also, she had to have felt so like heartbroken to think that she came... If you don't know who Carly Lloyd is, she was a part of the women's national team for I think two World Cups that they've won even more um yeah and she came out and she basically criticized the United States women's national team because they were dancing and cheering after their game against Taking Portugal that they didn't fans. win for sportsmanship and it it just looked so bad so I'm just really proud of Carly Lloyd for actually saying something we are going to get so much into that because 
They're going for a three-peat this year, and that yeah. is huge. That's not very—that's never happened it's in historic. World Cup history. Well, you know, I hope they don't win. Uh, yeah, we're learning things about John today. I never—I don't know if I've ever told you guys this. I do not root for U.S. men's or U.S. women's soccer. I root exclusively for England to win in soccer. My grandmother's from England. I always—I grew up watching soccer for England. The Lady Lionesses are killing it right now. John, you, that's you, one of those things that I don't think you admit to people. I my mouth dropped when you said that. When, John. Like I couldn't tell if he was joking. I, I'm not. Well, we're gonna get into that. I was about to say that's gonna <laughs> next be week. like that might be the first topic of next week. Yeah, John's turncoat. <laughs> All right, yes, let's uh, let's get done with that. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about for John Glass, Christian Brown, and Jeff Matthews. Peace.